Welcome to Genomics Kapshap. Genomics Kapshap is an initiative by Map My Genome to create a community around genomics and to simplify genomics for everyone. And we do this by bringing in experts from allied areas like medicine, genetic counseling, nutrition, fitness, and more. Please join us as we spread the word about this exciting science of genomics. We are now available in your favorite podcast as well. Just search for Genomics Kapshap on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or Google Podcasts. In the 35th episode of Genomics Kapshap, we are thrilled to welcome Dr. Shubha Dharmana, who is a leading cosmetic dermatologist who has over two decades of experience in the beauty industry. She'll be sharing her insights on the latest beauty trends, debunking some common beauty myths, and discussing how genomics is revolutionizing the world of beauty. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Shubha Dharmana to the show. Thank you very much, Manu, for the lovely introduction. Thank you. I know that you now do a lot of, uh, you know, you consult a lot of the celebrities and others. But I think before we get on to all of that, I wanted to understand, you know, what made you become a dermatologist and then that to a cosmetic dermatologist? Sure. Um, I think skin has such a big influence on everything, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's our perception of... Uh, beauty, self-esteem, confidence, a lot of it de de depends on the way we look. And that's all got to do with the skin because skin is the largest organ in our body. And the first thing that somebody sees is the skin. And um, I am also, before I went into medicine, I was into modeling and coming from that fashion industry, beauty was very much, you know, just, it was, it's always very appreciated in our society, in the, in the South Indian family that I grew up with. A lot of uh, importance is given to self-care and also looking at my relatives, my parents and people age around me and how they were feeling, how it would change their perception, something that affected me a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, in modeling as well, you know, people having skin problems, not not being um, comfortable in their own skin to um, expose or wear short dress on the ramp. These are the things that affected me and I wanted to do something for people with skin problems. That's great. And I think today, I think a lot of people give a lot of uh, beauty tips, but I think, you know, very few are actually trained or or have the right credentials to be able to do that right and i think you know it's it's very important that you are creating a lot of social awareness of that as well so i think you have a huge social following as well so i'm really happy that you know somebody as experienced and trained as you is actually giving out really good advice to all your followers uh, so so let me let me maybe move on to uh, you know what are the current beauty trends that you find particularly exciting or innovative? And why do you think it will become popular? Do you think that those are things that you can incorporate into your practice? Because clearly beauty is a constantly changing area uh, and, and there's so much discussion around that. Um, very apt question. I think that if, when it comes to home-based treatments, first of all, home-based um, Home care treatments are becoming more and more popular with people. People want to be able to do, um, you know, facials and and use skincare creams and serums that are equally effective. Um, 
uh, you know, those from those prescribed by a dermatologist, and they want to see how to increase the effectiveness. They want to combine it with uh, microneedling at home. Uh, they want to combine it with their own facial devices. I think that is becoming more and more popular. So I think I'm looking at uh, LED home use devices. A lot of people want to buy those. They want to do their own facials at home, jade rollers, gua sha tools. They help to a certain extent. Obviously, they're not going to help build collagen. They're not effective enough. But as a simple tool to maintain and to make the serums penetrate more, as, as well as to aid in the lymphatic drainage and to reduce the puffiness and swelling that sometimes people have when you don't have adequate sleep and you've you know and you've eaten food or like are antibiotic and toxin things your face shows it and these devices can help in that way so that is something that i'm seeing when it comes to home care and and, and home treatments but um in terms of uh, clinic treatments i think thread lifts are going to be really big People have done fillers now over the 10 years we've been doing that, but slowly a lot of people are, are becoming more and more wary of the overfilled faces. Um, and Indian faces, you've got to be very careful when you're doing the filler. You've got to do it at the right depth and you've got to choose the right filler. Otherwise, we already have thick skin. We already have big faces and it can end up looking puffy and over-volumized very easily. So I think thread lifts are really nice. They don't give that volume, but they give you that snatched look, that pull, that lifted look. And the longevity is really, really good with thread lifts. What exactly are thread lifts? I'm sorry, I'm not that familiar. I, I do understand. I do know of Botox and, and some of the other fillers that uh, talked about, but maybe a little bit about what these no. thread lifts are about. So um, a thread lift is a relatively new treatment in India, but not so much in the West. In the West, a lot more people do thread lifts. Here, I think in the last one or two years, it's been picking up quite a bit. Um, these are like medical thread suture-like material, which is placed. They have barbs on the suture thread, and these are embedded into the skin. They're inserted into the skin with the help of a needle. And they hook onto the skin and then we tug it. So you get a mechanical lift initially, but eventually uh, in about three months, this, this mechanical lift goes away, the thread dissolves and it's placed the collagen forms. So you get a repositioning of the fat pads, you know, everything looks up and it's, and it's, it's, it's really nice. But it's not painful when they do that. Sorry, I'm saying, is it painful when they do that? Or? Oh, no, no. So we uh, use numbing injections and numbing creams. And with that, you don't feel you don't feel anything at all, except for the, you know, the initial numbing injection, the stinginess that's caused by it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so uh, clearly, I think there are lots of treatments that you can do. And, and clearly, I'm not the, the one who knows too much about it. But can you maybe describe a particularly memorable beauty transformation that you have done for a celebrity? Um, I Well, there have been a number of celebrities that we've worked on uh, in, in like, I, I remember a hair transplant that we did on uh, a celebrity that... Um, was getting a little conscious and was using a lot of wigs and then he could get rid of his wig. So that was one thing. Then there was another actress that had stopped um, getting offers or was refusing offers because she didn't feel confident enough and she needed, she was injected um, in, in the wrong places and we had to dissolve that and redo the face. And that gave her a lot of confidence to go back into the field and then there's also been some actresses who, who 
we've received and we've enhanced their features, they've received better projects. Um, so those I remember, but the most memorable ones are always, I think, um, the biggest impact is when somebody like a lot older in their 70s come to us. Previously, we used to think these treatments are good up to the age of 60, but now more and more people are coming even up to the age of 60. Uh, they're coming at 70, 71, 72 as well. And it's had the biggest, hardest impact on them. Mm -hmm. You really see the way they are before the treatment and after the treatment gives them such a boost on life. And they're, they're looking younger. They're feeling younger. They're wearing clothes that are, look, that are younger. It just It's such a satisfying thing to see that. That's great. So I should be coming in, in, in a couple of decades or so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I mean, clearly, like you, you mentioned that now you're seeing people who are in their 70s also who are coming in, but are you seeing any sort of trends uh, in the kinds of skin conditions um, that people are having or the kinds of treatment, like you mentioned, clearly the ones that you mentioned, some of them, but for normal people, I think one of the things that I saw, at least when I visited a dermatologist was a lot of children uh, that I, I noticed in, in some of these clinics. So are you seeing that a lot more, you, you mentioned the older ones, older people who are coming, but are you also seeing a lot more younger people coming into these clinics as well for you know, acne and, and others? Yes, I think uh, certainly the teens are very affected by it. And you know today they are seeking a dermatologist's help, whether it's starting with the right skincare program. And that's a good thing because they're influenced. They, they look at all the social media influences and they want to start the right skincare. They want to have glowing skin. And um, starting them at such an early uh, age is, is important, especially when they come to a dermatologist because they're using the sunscreen, they're using all the right products on their face and not just blindly following over-the-counter products. Um, it has a big impact on acne and the way they grow up, their self-esteem, confidence, all of that. We're also seeing a lot more people wanting beauty enhancements at a much earlier, you know, age. Previously, it used to be 30s, 40s, but now people are coming in even in their 20s, early 20s, mid 20s. It's and this is called the beautification. They don't, they're not aging at that age, but they want to enhance certain features that that they feel that they would be comfortable with. So it's, I think it's an interesting uh, time. I think I have two daughters, um, you know, one who's not interested at all and one who's somewhat interested in, in you know, at least knows a lot about what is going on. And they know quite a lot. Even yes. if they don't do it, they know when to seek help and how to seek help, I think. Okay. I mean, I think they know much more than I ever did even yeah. till today. So I think there is yeah. definitely a change in terms of perception of, what you can do for your own self-care and so on. But I think it brings me to another question. I think one was that, um, you know, one of the dermatologists, and I think you referred to this as well, that, you know, you can see if somebody is not well first on their skin, right? So if you are not healthy, uh, yes. it's sort of visible on your skin as well. Uh, yes. I think with, when all these young children and, and others who have these problems um, one of the things I tell them is at least that, you know, most of your problems will go away if you exercise more and you eat right, but but they don't listen, right? So how do you we get children to actually understand that, you know, your skin is not just about uh, external treatments, but it is about internal beauty that you have in, inside, internal health? 
how do we get to actually tell them that? I think that's a very valid point. It's very important to instill the right kind of lifestyle, you know, uh, factors that's going to last them a lifetime. I, I think one of the best advices that I was given when I even started modeling is to not smoke because that can affect your skin. And we were so obsessed about skin until till today. I'm not, I don't smoke at all. And uh, I think that has a huge impact for, I think, also for the teenagers that's the reason why map my genome you know the genomic study is really important they have a map they know that they are prone to um, aging or, or uv damage and then hopefully they would look at that and they would make the right lifestyle choices um so it's uh it's it's telling them what their future holds and they can see it on this map it's not just saying that you may you know it's just telling them that you will if you don't you take care of yourself yeah, yeah. and i think smoking is such an important piece of you know what you can avoid but uh i think you know at least i remember growing up a lot of at least the boys in our class you know that was an important part of you know showing that they have become older they've become mature you know it, it was also that but i think if we start to instill better values ahead of time we show them that your genetic risk you know will will ultimately play out not in your favor maybe hopefully they will they will at least change over a period of time yeah um, so i think since you mentioned that you know the genomic map i was going to ask you that towards the end but do you really you know, how do you feel that, you know, this uh, genomics can be incorporated into, you know, what you're currently doing in terms of uh, beauty treatments and, and others? You know, clearly we are looking at aging and collagen and a lot of that. But do you think what, most of that is helpful in terms of when you look at an individual, is that going to be helpful for you, for your patients? I think it certainly adds another dimension because uh, when we look at them, we're going by what the skin is showing for that day. They may be feeling uh, tired for that day or they may just, you know, like have used foundation or they may be looking good. They may be having a good uh, skin day. But um, and then, of course, we do deeper analysis with certain machines that gives us an indication of high, how hydrated the skin is. But we don't know how they're going to um age in future and that is something that i cannot predict not with my machines i i just cannot predict um so i that's where i think map my genome comes into uh play just just takes it to another level because you have the genetic map and along with that when you've taken a history uh, as to how their parents have aged and what what their lifestyle influences you come to a better understanding of how this person is going to age and how i can change them it's going to lead to personalized skincare and solutions and treatments. And I think that's, that's, that's the way that the future is heading for everything. It's all personalized. Well, I mean, I agree. And I feel that it, it adds little points. I mean, ultimately, you know, it's what your doctor tells you, but also what you do. Uh, and, and uh, that's, you know, this is, this helps in just creating like a, a map or a guide for, for, uh, for patients, for doctors as well. Right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I think with beauty, we can ask so many different questions, but, you know, what what do you feel that, you know, there are a lot of uh, mistakes that people make in their skincare routines, right? Uh, what do you think those are common mistakes that people do and how can we avoid those mistakes uh, if we had to tell an average person, maybe not specifically, I think, you know, not specific advice, but are there any common things that people can do to take care of themselves? 
I think one of the common myths, um, this has been just generally, but now people are more and more aware of things in skincare. But generally, when you go into uh, talk to, uh, you know, somebody that is not so literate about skin health, um, they feel like, you know, like the more soap you use on your face, the more you wash your face, the more the face is going to look fresh and clean. And that's such a myth. Um, that's, that's, uh, you know, you're spoiling your skin, you're making it prone to dryness and irritation and aging when you use harsh soaps on the skin. Um, so always a mild face wash is what I would say. And, uh, you don't have to necessarily wash your face so many times, once or twice a day is more than enough, depending on, you know, the condition of your skin. And again, you know, like products that lather a lot are going to be more drying and irritating. And people like those, especially in India, they, they, think the more it lathers the more it rinses away the dirt out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so that is uh something and then of course you know sunscreen as well because people think that they don't need to use sunscreen if they're indoors that's wrong we have windows we have reflective surfaces we have lights and we have like devices that emit uv light so we need to be using a sunscreen even indoors, even when there's thunder or storm outside, we need to use our sunscreen at least from morning 10 o'clock to evening, you know, uh, four or five o'clock in the evening. Now, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, that we look at, you know, a lot of people have, you know, and we, made, we talked a little bit about this earlier about teenagers having acne and drying and, and then older people maybe aging. But do you think that certain foods or dietary changes can help reduce that? Uh, or Certainly, most certainly. I think uh, uh, in the younger people that you're talking about, acne, oily skin, it definitely helps to have uh, clean food, eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, antioxidants in their diet. Um, you know, avoiding dairy products, anything with high glycemic index, those are easy sugars and the body responds to it. This inflammation, this inflammation in your skin, acne is already a condition where there's inflammation going on in your skin. You're going to aggravate that by eating like sweets and chocolates and like junk food. Um, so avoiding all of that and switching to a more, if you can, vegan or like, or just incorporate more vegetables in your diet, vegetables, fruits, antioxidants, that'll certainly help. Avoiding dairy products if you feel that your acne is flaring up because a lot of chocolate and, you know, dairy products are linked to acne again. I think a lot of kids need to know that. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, with the older skin, of course, you know, like genetics is one thing with, you know, like all the lifestyle factors and diet wise, just taking, making sure you're eating a well-balanced diet. A lot of, uh, again, greens and antioxidants in your diet, berries. Um, omega fatty acids, the fish, you know, that sort of thing, healthy oils, healthy fats, a lot of uh, hydration will surely help uh, along with the other things. I, I agree. I think, and I've been maybe in many ways, I think, you know, those are kind of things that I've been doing without, without realizing. And maybe that's, that's what has helped in some. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we also talked a little bit about personalizing, you know, for each client. So currently, you know, um, let's assume that, you know, let's remove the genetics piece from it. But how do you understand, like one of the things that I can never understand is, um, you know, when you have to tell what kind of a skin type it is, right? You know, when someone asks me, what is your skin type? And, and I don't know how to respond, but I finally say mixed because I don't know how to, <laughs> to totally respond, right? 
So uh, there is obviously, you know, dry skin and, and oily skin and all of that. And I'm assuming each of those treatments are personalized based on that. Uh, yeah. so how do like how does an average person know what their skin type is really and or do they have to come to a dermatologist to understand uh well uh, there are simple tests it's it's you know like when you wake up you notice which zones of your face are usually the most oiliest or you can put a blotting paper on your face and you can see where the oil collects usually if it's a t-zone and then the cheeks are not showing anything then it's a combination skin but if it is generally oily everywhere then we call it oily skin most people have combination skin the cheeks tend to get a little dry uh, but some people obviously have, you can see the open pores, the scars, the pimples all over the cheeks as well for some of them. So they have obviously oily skin all over. With dry skin, you're you're just going to uh, look dry and scaly and patchy everywhere. It's going to be sensitive. It's going to get irritated easily. It's just going to be dry. And then, of course, you have the sensitive skin kinds as well, which uh, can look normal, but it reacts to everything it, this redness and irritation with anything that you use so there, there are these and according to that we ask them to use cleansers to choose their cleansers carefully or you know like moisturizers or even like sunscreens for people with oily skin they they can get away um, with the, they have to use obviously water-based products or serums that are lighter on their skin um, they cannot use comedogenic products like creams and heavier creams because that will clog their pores even more. But dry skin people need to use something more moisturizing. Um, they can get away with creams, uh, heavier creams, and uh, yeah, that sort of thing on the face. That's, that's quite fascinating. Uh, and, and do you think that if we can now combine, you know, what the, all this personalization that you already do with incorporating genetics or genomics into your skincare, and maybe, you know, using AI to sort of let people visualize, right? Uh, that let's say you have a, um, you have a risk for aging or, or, or lack of collagen. If you did not do this, your face would start looking like this. Um, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that would be really interesting. Is I just did my map my genome test and and you know I'm lacking in one of the collagenase uh, thing which degrades. It's supposed to degrade my skin and lead me to accelerated aging. But because I do the treatments, I don't see that. Otherwise, you know, I would be able to. Luckily, because I'm a dermatologist and I'm aware of these things. But for a normal person who's not aware of these things, and if they're not doing these treatments, they can see how they're aging. It's um, if, if we can show it on a software, I think it, it'll have the biggest impact. Because I feel that you know, one is uh, genetics is one of the markers that you can use. Uh, you can use uh, the information that the dermatologist feeds in into it, and you can use some sort of a facial like features to be able yeah. to understand. And people see how they will look in, let's say, ten years, twenty years later. Yes, uh, maybe they're going to change if you say that you know make these changes today. And this yes. is how you look like. I think it'll be a lot more impactful for people when they start visualizing themselves, because otherwise people think nothing's going to happen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, how was your, you know, other than finding out about the collagenase uh, activity, uh, how was your overall experience with Beauty Map? 
It was very nice. It was, uh, this is completely related to skin and beauty, what I had done. I had done previously like metabolic, everything else before, but this time it was purely skin. And that's really nice, important uh, for someone that's really interested in skin health. Um, the moment I got it done and I saw that I was lacking, that I can become deficient in certain vitamins like vitamin B and then, you know, like with my collagenase activity, that's going to be high. I've decided to, to include more antioxidants in my diet. And I went shopping and I got a lot of more berries and antioxidants. Um, yeah, I started with some multivitamins as well, because like it's, it's, it's important. Skin health is really important. And if you know that you can alter something, then why not? Luckily, I do treatments in my clinic and I know how to build my collagen. There are treatments that are available. Um, there are retinols and things that you can use, but you know, nothing is going to be as effective as those laser treatments and things that will build collagen in your, in your system. Right. Um, those are there, but I just need to improve my uh, antioxidant activity a lot more because I am at a higher risk. So that that's how it changes my uh, view. So I remember when I first, um, I mean, I had, I'd actually not got my genome patri. So we have one which is called the genome patri, which is the overall thing and then the beauty one. And I remember that um, a doctor had almost diagnosed me with a carpal tunnel syndrome when um, actually I was a, I was only deficient in B12, right? I so the pains were, this, were similar. Yeah. We were about to do it. And luckily for me, I went to see another doctor and, and then we found out that, you know, he said that maybe you have to do a B12 test and find out. And I was heavily deficient. Yeah. Yeah. So this was about 25 years ago, pretty much. Right? And wow. And then, uh, not 25, maybe 23, 20, whatever, some number of years ago. And yeah. then when I got my genome uh, test done, actually it had flagged that. And if I had just known that, I would have yeah, first done that. Right? Yes, so it yeah. was more that, you know, when we didn't, when you don't know, sometimes, you know, it can get, because sometimes symptoms are very similar. So you can't blame uh, somebody yeah. for thinking that that might be the case because I was describing the pain in exactly the same way you would describe a couple tunnel syndrome pain, right? So yeah. just things like that, that maybe it helps in, in flagging off so that you can actually go out there and check and see what is actually happening to your, um, you know. Like uh, with the other one, that there are some cancers that it can indicate. And if, if it shows that you have an increased risk for a certain cancer, obviously you're going to stop all smoking. You're going to take care of whatever you can. So it has a big impact. And same with, I think, skin health. If it shows that you're going to be prone to pigmentation or wrinkles, then you're going to do treatments. You're going to seek treatments that will help you prevent those. And I think that's probably, I felt that, you know, skin or something is the most visible part. So people are more going to be more aware that, you know, if this is going to happen to me, that you're likely to do. Sometimes right. when it is diabetes or, or things like that, it's not so obvious on your face, right? Although I think a trained person can see that also. Right. But uh, I think that's where I felt that, you know, if people understand, then, you know, it gives them that ability to actually go out there, reach out to a dermatologist earlier and be able to get the right kind of uh, help and advice that they can to be able to, you know, change some of their lifestyle, but also change some of getting some of the treatments that they can to, to actually build that up in the future. Ideally, I mean, that is, uh, that is the way the future is going to go. 
the help of genomics is so that we can intervene early and prevent and, and alter the course of the disease even before the physical manifestation occurs. Even before those signs of aging happen, we are already doing something positive about it. So one of the other, you know, there are a few other things that we are currently doing at MapMyGenome in terms of the genomics piece. So one is clearly the beauty one, which is what you're born with, right? You're born with the genetic marker. You are, you are trying to understand what that is doing from your aging and other perspective. But there are a few other things that you can do. One is when you look at your gut microbiome, right? You're looking at understanding what kind of bacteria there in your gut. And I think in many ways, it is also visible on you know, has, has an effect on your skin. Uh, and therefore, it has been used for a lot of the longevity studies and aging and all of that. And the second one that we are looking at right now is what we call as a methylation. So basically, you're trying to understand if somebody is, um, you know, is likely to live longer or not based on what they're doing. And ultimately, everything boils down to, you know, is their lifestyle right? Is there something that they're doing okay or not? Do you think that this is something that... Um, Patients are asking you about because you know, clearly who are coming to you are people who are a little bit more advanced in terms of understanding of uh, you know their needs and and hopefully they are all people they're celebrities who want to be who want to live longer look more younger and all of that. Do you think that those kind of activity those kind of tests can also be incorporated into a, a dermatologist's daily practice or a regular practice? I think so, because from from uh, the clients that I've interacted with and I've told them about these kind of tests being available, they were all really interested and they wanted to invest not only for themselves, but for their kids as well, because, you know, for the kids, they have the longest uh, in terms of years to, um, to to go on the right path and to make those changes. They have they have a map ready for them. They were all equally interested um i i certainly think it has it's going to have a huge impact both skin and general because people who come for for good skin health are also people who are generally conscious about their bodies and uh they want to um they want to live longer they're exercising they're freaks uh, they're they're like you know pretty fit mm. they want to do all those things all wellness related things they want to take care of things before they have physical ailments no, I agree. I think it's it's a matter of people getting familiar from one side or the other, and then 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 they start looking at at incorporating that in the rest of their uh, wellness journey. In my in my opinion, yeah. so I think you've been a very strong social media you know, proponent. How do you use that to engage with your clients? Is there do you get a lot of people who reach out to you from social media, or is it mostly people who walk into your uh, to your clinics to understand? Um, a lot of people, like I do a lot of videos. Uh, we've started something with YouTube um, educational, you know, videos as well. So we are getting, uh, we are getting my uh, friends and, and, and a lot of socialites asking me things about like, you know, recently I did something about gel nails and how harmful it can be if you're doing it on a regular basis. And a lot of people did not know that. And they do it from, you know, like, so regularly and year on year basis they don't understand these things so the content is out there and people are approaching us I think both on Instagram Instagram is a lovely medium again people can visually see things they can ask and they can directly be in touch with you I do respond to a lot of the queries myself on Instagram 
uh, YouTube is something that we've started recently. And of course, if they want to make an appointment, um, we uh, see them at the clinic as well. That's great. I mean, I, actually, I think luckily for me, you can see I don't do any 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 painting of my nails. But <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes I do on the legs. And I think this time actually in the salon, they actually told me that maybe you should give it a break for 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 a few days. Right. So I think, you know, I think there is some sort of an education that's coming and it's I'm glad to know that, you know, you're putting out that information out there because I think it has to percolate it into a regular person who's also at the salon who's who's doing these treatments yeah. sometimes. Um, okay, so let me move on to like a few questions that I want to just ask. So in your words, what is prevention? Prevention is just taking care of yourself, spending, getting some me time and doing things that you love to do. That is prevention to me, being happy, uh, wellness. That's what it is. That's great. Uh, what, what's the secret to healthy aging according to you? If you can look your age, sometimes, you know, the body and the face don't match. You're fit, your body looks fit, but your face doesn't. So I think if you can look your age or if you can look less than your age, then I think that is healthy aging, according to me. So I know that you give a lot of beauty advice, but what is the best beauty advice that you have received from someone else? So like I said, it differs from every, you know, like different phases, right? So the earliest advice that I got was to not smoke because it affects the skin. And that was good advice then. Um, but, you know, a few years ago, it was intermittent fasting and that's made a huge impact to my life. And right now it is, um, uh, you know, I'm into this LED device and LED facials. So it's, I think it's making a lot of difference to my face. It's, it changes I, I need to try that out. <laughs> Anytime, you're welcome to my clinic. <laughs> so, uh, and what are the common myths? I think we've gone through this uh, related to health skincare. Um, are there, you know, generic uh, myths that are there for skincare? Uh, I think we've talked about the soap and the sunscreen. Um, also, there are a lot of myths around treatments. Like, I, I see that a lot of people are scared of, first of all, as South Indian, South Indians are more scared of injections on the face than Botox and fillers. But now again, that's changing every year. Um, uh, Botox is that's there are a lot of myths. The moment you say, you know, you suggest Botox, on, oh no, 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 that's not for me. I'm not, you know, I'm not that old. It's <laughs> so Botox also has a preventive aspect to it, and and it's not just as simple as saying no. It's still the, one of the most popular treatments in the world, and there's a reason for it. So you've got to understand all of that, sink it in, you know, think about why the doctor is suggesting that to you and then take a call as to whether it's something that you need or not, right? Yeah. So they say that when you, when you um, have, I mean, one of the myths that I've heard is that when you, when you get a lot of Botox treatment, you can't smile. Yeah, yeah, things like that, yes. Or that, you know, like it... Uh, can't raise an eyebrow or something like that. You know, that you're going to age badly. You know, all of these. There's a, there's a lot of myths surrounding Botox. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the rapid fire round. Easy one. Um, morning or a night person? I think right now I'm a night person. I used to be morning. I'm night person right now. <laughs> okay, and what is a common complaint about you by your friends? 
Um, hopefully, I mean, like these days, you don't get much. People don't talk in front of you, but I think maybe that sometimes I can get really obsessed about like my, you know, self care or fitness. Or but I don't think that's a bad thing. I I don't I really don't care. I think that's <laughs> a good thing. And um, I know you were you were a model as well. Uh, but what other career would you have chosen if not for being a, a dermatologist and a model? I was going to say modeling, but now I think uh, something to do with fitness, a fitness um, advocate or ambassador or trainer, or I don't know, something to do with fitness, maybe. Yeah, no, I think if you can, uh, you should do that. I mean, if you can, I don't know if you have the time to do it, but suddenly uh, that would be another area that I saw that you've done, you do a lot of serious gym like in my own way I, a lot of my clients ask me about my workout videos and if I stop posting them they'll ask me why are you not posting them anymore so in my own way I feel like I'm influencing some people and that is important to me because you know even if I've influenced few people two three four people it's made a difference to their lives that's that's really that's good yeah absolutely um let's see what um so what is your favorite skincare ingredient? Other than, we discussed Botox, but is there, yeah. a, I don't know if that's your favorite, but any... No, I, that's a treatment. I would say skincare ingredient would be vitamin C because it has a, a host of benefits. Right. Um, any specific hobbies that you have other than treating your patients? <laughs> <laughs> hobbies is, the, again, we've talked about the I, I mean modeling was my hobby not anymore I think fitness is my hobby right now and then interior designing and just like doing up homes and that. so I guess if we did a genetic map we'll find all the creative genes in music <laughs> it would be interesting <laughs> is there something you'd like to do less of and something you'd like to do more of in your daily activities I've thought about this a lot. I think, uh, like, I, I don't like micromanaging things. Uh, you know, I don't want to get involved. I want to do what I do best, which is, um, you know, either doing my treatments or like training, training and teaching is something else that I really like. I want to explore, bring in new things in a way, travel, you know, do all of that, do what I'm best at. But I don't like those, you know, what should I do to do marketing? How should I, you know, I don't want to get involved in those administrative that kind of thing no there's chat gpt now so hopefully you'll be able to automate some of these activities uh i don't know you know i'm sure there are some ways of incorporating uh, these language-based models in your right. daily yeah. daily activities and reduce some of those mundane activities <laughs> is there, are there any any um anything else that you would like to uh, maybe tell our uh, viewers or Anything, any, any, any few words that you would like to add that I, maybe I didn't ask you. Uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, so we've, we've talked about you know how genetics is 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 important. It gives you a roadmap, but epigenetics also plays a role. That that means you can modify some of those factors with your like lifestyle or with certain medicines or solutions, topicals, retinoids, and you know like even treatments that are available today. Um, so it's a very interesting world, I think, that we are living in right now. There are a lot of solutions. Absolutely. I think, and, and uh, the more we can personalize, the more we can, you know, predict people's uh, lives and how we can change that, I think, 
yeah. genetics is one part of it, but there are many other ways to personalize your own beauty treatments and, and uh, how you look, but people shouldn't forget that how they look is also related to what they eat and how they exercise. Yeah. Like you mentioned, you've been doing so much of activity in terms of physical activity and others. Uh, so, so thank you for so much for all your, uh, for the time that you spent with us today and uh, we wish you all the best. Thank, thank you very much, Anu. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.